Nope. So you don't think that everyone deserves equality? <laughs> wow, Christian, that is classic you. Anyway, welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. We're excited to be here with you guys again, as we are every Thursday. If you aren't rocking your Freaky Deaky ugly Christmas sweater while you listen to this episode, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but if you are rocking it, I'm going to need you to send those pictures in to, you know, either send them via social media at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram or Facebook or at TFT Paranormal if you're one of our TikTok listeners. But either way, we want to see you guys rocking the ugly Christmas sweater. And we we put it up. Last year, people were mad that we didn't put it up early enough. And we didn't put it up at all. Actually, we just kind of wore it in the Christmas videos. Right. And they're like, wait a second. We want a part of that action. Scott, Christian, where can I get this? We're like, well, it's January. So nowhere. But next year, we'll put it up a little earlier. We got it up about a month ago. And now people have had time to get them in. So yeah, send in your photos. Take a picture of yourself all festive and ready for yet another freaky deaky Christmas. You know, I can... uh let you know that this Christmas sweater would be will be such a strong topic of conversation. You might, if you go to a, your family's house and you're trying to avoid the political conversation, wear the freaky deaky sweater. Talk about that instead. Yeah. Try talking about Bigfoot instead of your least favorite politicians. Exactly. Bigfoot, dog man. Makes the world a better place. Hell yeah. Bringing peace onto earth. In, onto in, earth, yes. During the Christmas season. And goodwill towards men. And of our, Many of our listeners. Yeah. Goodwill towards many of our listeners. Oh, good one. Good there one. You go. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to everyone that, that picked one of those up. It's always fun seeing you guys rock the merch. There's plenty of stuff on the website, freakydeaky.com slash store, I believe. Uh, we have all kinds of hoodies, blankets sticker packs the whole nine so get you some all right but we're not gonna bog you down with too much of that we got a, a fun topic today and we are gonna get into that in just a moment's time but first you guys know we gotta hit you up with the intro that's how the show gets started so we're gonna do that and then we're gonna talk about a uh, secretive thing but we'll tell Very you more secretive. on the inside yeah so shh, don't tell anyone but tell everyone we'll see you on the inside You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white-picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Nice. Welcome back. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell are you saying? Yeah, nice what about is he, I, <laughs> what is he a dude, bro? No, that's how people they always come back from commercial break, but they're talking. Yeah. The bag, you know, organizing the papers in their hands, making sure they're all in line with one another while they're talking to the co-host. And they're like, anyway, yeah, okay. So welcome back. Are you, I, we used to do that in my television productions class in the eighth grade. Wow. That checks out. Yeah. Did you go, nice, nice. Yeah, so here's the news. I, w I was the assistant director, so. So you just got the coffee? <laughs> Is yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Okay. Yeah, you, hey, you were a director here, so you stepped up. You yeah. directed a couple of our videos. Yeah, so there I, you go. I couldn't be the director there because the teacher was the director. Well, you weren't going to usurp him? He wasn't going to let me. Ain't that a bitch. I was all shocked that he made me the assistant director on an old film. Or a, we did a local production for a, a play called Our Town. Wait, how, how old were you? Uh, eighth grade, so. Oh, so yeah. 13. Sure everyone is aware that it was an old film, but. It wasn't an old film. It was an old play. <laughs> it was old even in, at that point. And that, yeah, that is saying something. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Christian, what are we talking about today? What is, what is the topic that we've kind of kept under wraps a little bit? We are sneaky at the end of the last episode. Well, everybody's heard of MK Ultra. Spill the beans, all right? Yeah. Um, we're, that's what we're going to be talking about is maybe spilling the beans. 
MK Ultra, a guy named Sidney Sidney Gottlieb. Okay. Who, according to the book that I referenced a lot, was called the Poisoner in Chief. The Poisoner in Chief. Yeah. So this guy got into this the CIA. It's a little saucy. Started looking into like truth serums and ways mm. to con for, for mind control possibly responsible for a lot of famous people getting their acid back in the day. Do you think that raised suspicion at all when this guy he gets hired or whatever and it's just like his first thing are like kind of evil off the cuff and you're like, um, okay, maybe this was a, a poor choice. A fascinating thing about this guy is I've come to find out, I don't think he was necessarily evil, but he did a lot of evil things. Yeah. And do you believe in evil again, just off the... So, yeah yes i do i believe okay. there is some evil i don't mm. believe as much evil that there's as much evil as people we're say. making progress with yeah, you it's okay I, yeah you know i believe there is some evil out there um this guy like i said he was responsible for bringing a lot of lsd into the country and some famous people took his lsd nice nice yeah or some famous people took the cia's lsd mm. you don't want to do that um he was considered a hippie before there was such a thing as a hippie. He also conducted experiments at basically dark dark sites in other countries, basically where we'd keep prisoners. Well, that, yeah, checking so, all the boxes so far. Yeah, and, and some prisoners in the United States. So we're going to get deep into it. He wasn't very well known, even within the CIA when he was working there. So. Well, it sounds fascinating. It's going to be. Again, our, the one of the primary source sources I used was the book Poisoner in Chief, Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA Search for Mind Control. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Hey, buckle up and put your hard hats on because Christian's going to be dropping some knowledge. I sure hope so. But first thing I need to do is I didn't write down the author's name, even though I read the, the That's book. That's how secretive it is. Stephen, even the author. Stephen Kinzer. Stephen Kinzer. Who also has some lectures on YouTube that you can watch where he speaks at the college he teaches at about this. Oh, that's cool. Do you yeah. think that's as interesting or more interesting than our YouTube videos that you can find on YouTube as well at Freaky Pod? Not quite as interesting, but... But it'll do the trick. Yes. Nice. It's nice to hear from an author and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I imagine. So... Sidney Gottlieb was born August 3rd, 1918 in the Bronx to a Hungarian, to Hungarian Jewish immigrant parents. And they had fled persecution in, in their homeland. So they're not, you know, fleeing the persecution that we normally hear people fleeing Nazi Germany. Yeah. This is the end of World War II. They're fleeing, fleeing this area. His mother's name was Fanny and his father's was Lewis. Nice. I have nothing to say about either of those names. Me neither. Very nice. He was born with a club foot. I have nothing to say about that. Club feet. Yeah. So if you don't know what a club foot is, there's a character on House of the Dragon, Laris, who has a club foot. I do not like him. Cool. Yeah. That's great news, everyone. Hey, so instead of Christian telling you what a club foot is, he's telling you to go watch the show House of the Dragon. Which I've been telling Scott to do, so I have somebody to talk to about it. And he wants you to get the reference via watching this entire show. Yes, so, exactly. Welcome. Great show. Yes, indeed. He was also a childhood stutterer. Wow, it's really not looking great for him. Well, and you can imagine, especially, I mean, it's bad, would be bad now, but back then it was probably even worse when they didn't care about that kind of stuff yeah. at all. Like, what's woke? Man, beep, 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 yeah. you little beep, beep. Yeah, right. He did not wither from the abuse, though. He graduated from James Monroe High School before enrolling in City College in New York City, which, get this, was free in those days. Wow. <laughs> now, I, I don't believe this story, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. You've really Crazy. spun us a yarn this time. He studied advanced German and excelled in math, physics, and chemistry. He also took a course in public speaking. So if you're a stutterer taking a course in public spe speaking, you're trying to overcome, you know. Or you're just a glutton for punishment. Probably both. Another f a fun fact that I got from the book was Sid got into folk dancing at City College and it would remain a hobby for the rest of his life. So folk remember dancing. that. Yeah. Remember that as we go through some of the dark stuff we're going to get into. Yeah. This guy was a folk dancer. As we touch on dark subjects, please, while we're reading, picture him dancing folk. Yep. But the, um, the college lacked courses in, in agricultural technology or biology. 
agricultural biology. He lacked courses. Yeah. And that's what he wanted to pursue, which sounds really weird. But I guess if you're you're going to be a farmer, that's important or, yeah. or work with farmers. Sure, I love plants or whatever, I guess. Sure. Yeah. You love growing plants. and right. yeah, so. yeah, I've known a few people that love growing plants as well. So. Yeah. Sydney looked looked into a transfer and decided the University of Wisconsin was the place to be. They had the top agricultural biology course in the country, I guess, at that time. I would believe it. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't have all the courses he needed to be accepted. So he went to Arkansas and attended the Arkansas Polytechnic College, which is now Arkansas Tech University, the home of the Wonder Boys and the Golden Sons. What did he major in there? He, he was just taking courses for agricultural to get so he could uh, be able to get into Wisconsin. Once he finished the required courses, he was he went off to Wisconsin and his mentor was a man named Ira Baldwin, who was the assistant dean of the College of Agriculture. After college, Sid worked at the Department of Agriculture. We're going to skip through some of the, the details first before we get into the fun, the meaty stuff, the, the juicy bits. Yeah. He worked at Department of Agriculture and the FDA. He would be exposed to studies on hallucinogens and ergot fungi. Do you know what that is? Ergot, Mushrooms. Pretty much, yes. Mm. Ergot, I think, is one of the the suspected causes of the dancing plague in the Middle Ages. It's probably not the cause, but sure. Could be. What would, oh, you think it's demons, huh? Yeah, I think demons were like, dance, woman, dance. Everybody dance. Yeah. It could be both. It's they... the origin story from the guy from Footloose. Oh, That's what it was, the demon that inhabited the whole film Footloose. You, were you taught that was a demon? Yeah, Christian, I was. I'm just forwarding I mean... that information. <laughs> yeah. No, I never actually saw the, the film, but the premise alone seemed really dumb. I like so, the, the original one back when it came out, but I was young. About the town that doesn't allow dancing? Yeah, because we're afraid man. of demons. I don't think that was the case. You know who else doesn't allow dancing? The Taliban. You don't know that? I do know that. Have you been in a Taliban, Christian? Everybody knows that. That wasn't something I was taught about the Taliban. They weren't in school like, so anyway, yeah, the, yeah you know the deal, but also dancing? Mm-mm. Anyway, we continue. Gottlieb's first day of work at the CIA was July 13th, 1951. Alan Dulles hired him on a recommendation from his former mentor, Ira Baldwin. We're going to talk really quickly about Ira Baldwin. He had been, been a founder and had run the biowarfare program at Fort Detrick. So he wasn't just an agricultural guy. He worked in biowarfare, which is, in a lot of cases, it's a, illegal not a now. combination you want, no. agriculture and biowarfare. Yeah. Uh, combine those could be very deadly. Yeah, it's not a good sign. Alan Dulles, along with his brother, John Foster Dulles, were two of the most powerful men in Washington, D.C. Their grandfather had campaigned for Abraham Lincoln and was part of the United States' first overthrow of a foreign government when he helped overthrow Hawaii. R.I.P. So there's, you're already getting dark with the Dulles family. Yeah. Didn't take long. No. As the first civilian leader of the CIA, Alan Dulles oversaw the 1953 Iranian coup, coup, the Iranian coup with consequence, consequences that still haunt the U.S. It's funny, like off topic really quick, but when I'm reading this, like in this style, I'm like using hand gestures that I never use for podcasting. Before. You're like trying to captivate your audience. <laughs> like, really, listen to me. It's yes. really, I keep losing my spot because I do that. Yeah. Getting wild and wild and loose with the, the hand gestures over there. Yeah. Uh, Dulles was also involved with the 1954 Guatemalan coup, mm. the Lockheed U-2 program that test that would be tested at Area 51. MK Ultra and the Bay of Pigs invasion. The invasion caused JFK, the failure of the invasion caused JFK to fire Dulles. Soon after JFK was assassinated, Dulles would just would would just a couple years later serve on the Warren Commission that looked into the JFK assassination. Well, would you look at that? So so like I said, Gottlieb was almost like a hippie before there were hippies. We're gonna get back to Gottlieb. I just wanted to set up some of the people that he worked with. Hmm. Um, he and his wife had two daughters, and they lived in a re remote cabin in Vienna, Virginia. They had no electricity or running water, and it was an eco house. So, so not the good Vienna is what you're saying. No, not the good <laughs> yeah. Vienna. I was like, oh, Vienna. Then you're like, Virginia. And I was yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Never mind. He meditated with candles all around him. He grew vegetables and got up before dawn to milk his goats to make yogurt. 
daily. He made daily yogurt. That's what they said. Or he milked his goats daily. I don't know if he made yogurt da- daily. I'm pretty impressed with his work, I know, work like ethic. Half of his day was probably making yogurt. Yeah. And he's doing this before he goes to work that day. Wow. Godly. Hey, the rest of us called. We want some notoriety ourselves, all right? Yeah. We do stuff too. But did you make yogurt, live in an eco-friendly house, meditate with candles? That's witchcraft. And then the book says he was the most prolific torturer of his generation. I'm sorry. Where does that fit into the farmer lifestyle and the yogurt making and the meditation? We're going to get into that. See, yeah, this is taking an interesting turn from like you picture some guy like, you know, a bird's tweeting and him just sitting there at home. That's what makes this guy really fascinating is just the opposite ways he lived his life. And we're going to go into the realm of something that we did the last couple episodes that you lectured me on. Drugs. He took LSD hundreds of times. Hundreds sounds just as a spectator. Excessive? Excessive, to say the very least. Yeah. Hundreds is like doing it like at least once a day for a year. That'd be hundreds of times. Well, we will we will see that he was not against giving somebody LSD every day for a oh, year. Nice. Please continue. He was working at the CIA in the at the beginning of the Cold War, and the Korean War was raging. So the United States was a, was terrified of what the Soviet Union and China were were spreading along, you know, across the world with their communism. Yeah. This is when captured soldiers are confessing on video from China that they have been dropping chemical and biological weapons on North Koreans. On North Koreans? Yes. Nice. The U.S. government became convinced that the POWs had been brainwashed as they denied letting the military use these these type of weapons. What does Alan Dulles ask Sidney Godlieb to do? I don't know. Find out how to create mind control. And then we have MKUltra. Which anybody listening to our podcast generally has heard of it, heard of it. Yeah, it's a pretty common, at least catchphrase that's tossed around or buzzwords. Yeah. So we're going to get into a little bit of what it is. And it's a vast program. So this is probably only a small segment of it. But this is basically one of the leaders of MK Ultra we're talking about. Gottlieb felt the first step in controlling the mind was to destroy the mind that was already there. And he would spend 10 years learning how to obliterate a person's mind. See, that's where we kind of fall into evil, man. Like, that's evil territory. Like, who's he doing this on? Like, prisoners and stuff? Or just normal, like, random folks? He's doing this to people that did not consent, basically, to doing this. And who would consent to something like that? That's the thing, like... Some of these advances that we've come to in this this type of, I mean, I guess psychological warfare is done at the, the hands of very evil men. Right. So there's no way it could ever be used for good. And, you know I mean? and not to stick up for the guy. But here you are going to stick no, up for the I'm guy. No, I'm going to say this: this is America in the 50s. It was different. And a lot of people would do maybe heinous things to protect the USA from communism. And they did do it. I mean, that's what we're talking about. And from the 50s beyond, yes. But the 50s was a different time because all the things that a lot of the things we talk about (laughs) on this podcast, especially when it comes to government stuff, originated in this time period during the Cold War, the beginning especially. Speaking of government stuff, is that a truck idling or is that a helicopter? Can't really tell anymore people with their F. 850s i can't good grief i i can't tell but i'm sure the government knew i was working on this subject that's a plan for sure unless it's an f five million fifty god how four day we get it okay we get it how loud can you make these damn trucks dude just four o'clock in the morning someone one of our neighbors turns his car on it's like boom, 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 isn't it amazing how loud the vehicles are here in I know, this I'm town like, i'm like hey can you guys shut the fuck up for a few minutes it's called compensating I, it is yeah and i'm sure that's 90 percent of our alaskan listeners are driving around big trucks i can't imagine that our alaska listeners are driving around in a toyota corolla right now well even i mean there's a lot of big trucks now that don't make that noise that's a choice it really is yeah you want you like that hemi yeah yeah there it is yeah, yeah okay, it's it, it, guy. you can it's not oh, like you can tow some stuff can't you yeah it's not like a harley yeah but you shouldn't make it sound like one 
That's true. Yeah. These are words to, this is a rare time in this podcast where Christian and I are on the same page. Exactly. The more you know. All right. Is the sound gone so I can continue? It is. Okay. Oh, I was just like talking about how these were the wild west days of the CIA and Gottlieb had no restrictions on him. I bet Gottlieb drove an F-550. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But his was uh, like the electric version because he was a hippie. Classic. We had to get there before the Soviets did, so this stuff was justified. So he was smart, so one of the first things he did was ask if there was already research on the stuff. And you were saying it was evil. Let's get a little bit more evil. Oh, please, may we? He soon found that what he needed came out of both the Nazi concentration camps and the more brutal but less known Japanese concentration camps. Hmm. Many of the former Nazis and Japanese scientists began working with MK Ultra. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So it's not too big of a stretch. No, not at all. Many of these doctors worked with the CIA in Europe and East Asia, and Gottlieb would travel there for these experiments. Interesting. So, and some of the doctors, some of these um, scientists from Project Paperclip, I don't know what they called the Japanese one, but after World War II, there were. We may have to get onto into it in a future episode, but the Japanese medical experiments were possibly way worse than the Nazis. I believe it was Project Unagi. Are you being serious? No. <laughs> I was like, maybe. No. Unagi. So, yeah, yeah, it's fine. but yeah, these same evil doctors work at Fort Detrick in the United States, which we've talked, I think we talked about on Project Paperclip. I wouldn't know. That was episode four of this entire show. Yeah. So it was it's a while. Been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I even said it. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> classic. And getting them on board. Um, the author, Kinsner, um, found a line regarding the experimentation with sarin gas. That with something like, it didn't matter the age of the victim, the dose was the same. So, yikes. That shows you how dark they've gotten. There's a chalet in G- Germany that was possibly the first secret prison. It's still there. The owner will tell you now that in the basement, many people were experimented to death. Hopefully he doesn't say it with a smile on his face. I mean, I didn't see the video of him talking about it. but mm. And down the road was a former concentration cap that did many of the same experiments during the war. Back in the States, testing was conducted on prisoners. The experiments were brutal and the prisoners had no idea what they were given. Here we go. In Lexington, Kentucky, minority prisoners were given triple doses of LSD every day for 77 days. Every day for 70 triple doses. Yeah. So... Do you remember my story about the bridge and the trolls? What kind of shit were they seeing? Probably like, their bridge is probably at least four by six, I imagine. Yeah. and Not, it, not two by three. And there's probably a lifetime of trolls underneath. Yeah. There. And in the end, it was burning because that would fry your mind. Three doses every day for a couple months, just over a couple months. Yeah. Did, was there any, did they say what they saw? Was there anything that people talked about? They didn't the, really go into that part of it. Ugh, I think God. there are videos out there of some of those people. I can only imagine. But this is where I remind you that the first step in mind control is to destroy the mind. True. And that's what they were trying to do. The next step is to control the mind. Yes. Outside of the U.S., the experiments were dialed up or could be dialed up as it was easier to dispose of the bodies. Beautiful. <laughs> A lot of the tests took place... Um, Mostly in Germany when it was when it came to Europe. In the East, it was in Japan, Korea, and the Philippines, which were all basically mm. at this point, all four were very good allies to the United States. Yeah, the subjects were called the Expendables. Oh, what an endearing term! Yes, wow. They were suspected enemy agents or refugees with no connections to anyone who might miss them. And in Asia, many were captured North Korean POWs. So we were at this around the same time we're bitching about how they tortured our and mind controlled or brainwashed our soldiers. But here we are injecting them with LSD and other kinds of stuff. The irony just doesn't stop. So I'll get, there were, in the in the book, there were a couple examples of the experiments. First, the victim was given an overdose of sedatives and put into a coma. Next, they were overdosed with barbiturates to make them hyper. And for our listeners, can you say what barbiturates are? Speed. There you go. Yeah. As they get into the in-between place of the two drugs, they are given a similar overdose of electroshock and strobe lights while in a dark coffin-like box. It's like the worst disco possible. Yeah. So if you lived, your mind was toast. Your mind was toast. Your mind was toast.
Yeah, but if your mind is toast, how could you control it? You know what I mean? Like, how could someone control your mind if they got to destroy it first? I know, but if you destroy it, then there's nothing to control. It's just a their you know. their theory was you could build it back up in in the way you wanted to at that point. Weird, because you're taking away all the inhibitions Man. or all the taboos that they or the lines they won't cross at that point. That's what I said, Christian. I appreciate you bringing all the really terrifying, sad topics to the forefront. You're welcome, man. So this is stuff we got to know. So. Let's get back to LSD and remind you that our boy loved the LSD. He loved the LSD. He felt that acid could unlock the universe, which a lot of people still feel today. I wouldn't know, Christian, because <laughs> I didn't do acid. Yeah. Since he loved his acid, he would find his love tends to be like all love and is unpredictable. So in 1953, Gottlieb convinced the CIA to purchase the entire world's supply of LSD. How do you even go about making that transaction? Uh, I'll tell you. It cost $240,000, which today would be about $2,600,000. $600, For a cool, you know, just not shy of three milli, yeah. you could take the entire world's, like, LSD. Yes. Wow. So the CIA bought the entire world's supply of LSD at that time was purchased from the Sandus Corporation in Switzerland, which I believe is still in existence. Once delivered, he sent some to his people doing experiments on victims in the U.S. and abroad. He took some home, surely. Classic. He also set up a couple of fake organizations funded by the CIA to send the LSD to universities in the U.S. and Belgium. They would be paid to monitor the experiment after asking for volunteers in the school papers. The LSD came to the schools free of charge. Some of the LSD was given to, for the experience, was given to Ken Keyes, who would go on to write the classic One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Hmm. Probably wrote it well on the LSD. Probably. He loved it so much he told his, actually, I think he went, he got this job in the this place just so he could get the LSD. I mean, that's going to great lengths. Yeah. For something you could probably just spend a few bucks on. Back then, it maybe not. 53. He loved it so much he f told his friend to take part in the experiment. So his at Stanford, writer Allen Ginsberg, which is his friend, I guess, hmm. took part. He was a writer from the Beat Generation with Jack Kerouac and William S. Burroughs. Robert Hunter, who wrote lyrics for The Grateful Dead, also got acid through the program. And Unabomber Ted Kaczynski was involved with the LSD test at Harvard. So a lot of famous names in there. Yeah. We go a little bit farther. Boston gangster Whitey Bulger. Have you heard of him? I have, yeah. He was given many massive doses of LSD before he started killing people. Well, you could almost put the pieces together on something <laughs> like this and be like, it almost writes itself. I mean, it Why pretty much does. Why did this does. happen? It pretty much does on this one. Yeah. If you've heard the term, turn on, tune in, drop out, it came from Timothy Leary, who also got his acid from Gottlieb. Leary first caught Gottlieb's attention when he started searching for magic mushrooms. Gottlieb used a fake organization to fund Leary, Leary's search. Is that go oh, magic mushrooms you're looking for, huh? Yeah. And, well, come with me, friend. Yeah, and that one's, I mean, Timothy Leary, before he really got into LSD, was looking for magic mushrooms, I believe, in Mexico and other places. So the CIA paid for that. John Lennon once thanked the CIA for LSD in an interview. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Going a little bit darker. You've heard about Frank Olson, right? Frank Olson, right? No, just Frank Olson. Not the right. I was saying right. Hmm. Anyway, you've heard about Frank Olson. I know that, that name sounds very familiar, but. Well, he was the guy and they've made a, like a movie about it and they've talked about it a lot on, I think on Netflix, where he jumped out of a window in New York. Oh, after, right. After being dosed with that acid and his family said it wasn't suicide and eventually won a settlement yeah. from the CIA. No, yeah, that does. I forget what the documentary I, I heard that on was, but yeah, that was a crazy story. I do remember that. Well, Gottlieb's involved. As he would be. <laughs> I'm convinced that this guy is involved when I stubbed my toe on the bed the other day. He, that's well, how evil this dude is. He's dead now, but yeah. his people might have been involved in that. He's around the globe stubbing toes, man, as a spirit. I can feel it. Yeah. Uh, Frank Olson was brought into the Bio War Warfare Division by a person we already talked about earlier, 
Ira Baldwin. He had been to secret prisons and watched as victims were tortured or killed using chemicals he'd worked on. Again, Frank Olson, who's kind of been made out to be this innocent guy that fell out of a window, but he was involved with this whole program. Yeah, there's always more to those stories. Yeah. Sometime around 1953, he started to feel guilty with what he was involved with. Hmm. He was said to have asked for a good journalist. Number one thing not to do when you're involved with the CIA. Yeah. Do you guys happen to know of any quality journalists yes. in the in the area I'd like to speak to? Unrelated. Yeah. Completely unrelated. But. One, one that, that won't tell the CIA that I'm telling, but, you know, at that time, a good amount of journalists were working for the CIA. It's almost like the CIA creates the distrust that they currently face in the population around them. That's their job. They sometimes. built this world for them. Yeah. In 1953, um, Sidney Gottlieb secretly dosed Frank Olson with LSD. His wife noticed a change, and that's Olson's wife, noticed a change in his behavior the next day. Nine days later, he would fall out of a window to his death in New York City. And it was ruled a suicide, like I said earlier, and it put his family never believed it, and they fought for years to get the truth. Not, not long after Olson's death, Sidney Gottlieb would write a CIA handbook on assassination saying, quote, the most efficient is a fall of 75 feet or more onto a hard surface. It will usually be necessary to stun or drug, drug the subject before dropping them. Yeah, if I remember correctly, those windows that he fell out of weren't exactly uh, easy to break. No. So no, there was a can't lot. just stumble about, oops. Yeah. Yeah, it would have taken a lot of effort. Yeah, that's that's the type of shit that gets on my nerves so much, man. Is that like there's very easy things to be like, oh, there's more at work here than just someone slipping and falling out a window. You could you could pinpoint that from across the room, back. Like, nah, that was definitely some uh, foul play involved. It seems like it a lot of times, but they they make it sound like they're like, oh no, it's totally common that this happened, and like like we're just idiots down here us peasants we're just like okay government whatever you say well since um putin seems to use the falling out the window thing a lot i guess somehow he got the handbook Putin, yeah, yeah. classic all right so now we're gonna get to operation midnight climax which code names are usually not that close this one is exactly what it sounds like yeah many of my friends had very similar operations growing up yeah yeah. We've, we've all heard about them from weird people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This operation was basically to set up a brothel. Nice. He brought in prostitutes that would bring their clients to a room with one-way mirrors. The agents would sit behind and watch the sex. But there's more. <laughs> Wait, is this just a brothel for perverts? or what There's is... more. The clients would be dosed without their knowledge. Oh, there you go so that experimenters could see what happened during sex and what was talked about. The, pros the prostitutes were given poised coito questions to see if the clients would reveal any secrets while tripping in. <laughs> I'll leave that part alone. Yeah. I Do you think this, to lighten the mood a bit, do you think when, <laughs> when they left the brothel and they're like talking to the homies later they're like man there was something magical about that last night i don't know what's up with these ladies at this brothel but my goodness magic pure magic yeah it was maybe if you want me to bring a little bit of comedy into this dark subject the place where the guy was sitting behind the mirror hmm. he was sitting on a toilet eating a sandwich watching and listening because i guess it was a small weird and he since he couldn't leave there i guess he had to have the toilet right there i mean yeah dedication it's efficient he's eating the sandwich and he's later going to poop the sandwich out into the toilet he's sitting on while he's watching that's about as kinky as it gets as far as like weird kinks that people might that have is i mean if you didn't have one going in you probably had one yeah. coming out yeah he left that in every day fourth he's like is there a toilet nearby perchance yeah well, why do you always need a toilet soon, soon he was a divorce because he freaked his wife out yeah the this other thing the he's only way yeah, <laughs> yeah. the the CIA operatives were also taking LSD while they were watching this go on. Okay. Does that not muddy the water a little bit on the research? You would think so. They're like, well, what I witnessed last night was a dragon came in and he was doing it with the little donut lady. Yeah. Like, what? With a sandwich. What are any of those things? Did that happen? Like, yeah. yeah. Were you on LSD? Yeah. I, I guess I was. Yeah. Are we allowed to be? No. No, I wasn't. By 1960. President Eisenhower had gotten tired of Fidel Castro 
So it was time to take him out. It's time not for some to, LSD. Yeah, not to take him out with dinner. It wasn't just LSD, though. We're, that uh, God, Gottlieb was in all... He was making poisons. He was inventing po- poisons and testing them on people. Man, it's just weird. It's weird that that type of stuff can just happen, you know? Yeah. No repercussions. Just, Here's, hey, let's just throw this out there. What bothers me about it is we're talking... You know, you constantly hear about the Nazi concentration camps and the experiments that Joseph Mengele and others did there. Yeah. And we just took those doctors and scientists and did the same thing just quietly. Yeah. We're like, how dare you do that? But also, can you do that for us? Yeah, exactly. You want to you wanna stay out of prison? Come do it for us. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Evil is always afoot. Yeah. So what? operatives contacted a crime family who said it was impossible. The CIA said, or they said the CIA must have someone who makes poisons. We can get that into place if you can provide it. Of course, they had the poisoner in chief, Gottlieb, who got 50 of Castro's favorite cigars. He poisoned everyone of, with botulism. It was so strong that all Castro had to do was put it in his mouth and he would be dead. The scars obviously never got to him. Yeah, I was going to say, what happens if he shares with a buddy, hey, please have a cigar? Then I oh, guess collater- collateral damage. Yeah. Gottlieb was asked to make L pills, meaning lethal. Hmm. These could possibly be dropped in his tea. Again, this didn't work, obviously. They went a little farther. There was a wetsuit because Castro liked to go scuba diving. And they coated the inside with a fungus that would eat away at his skin, killing him while he was scuba diving. That same summer, Eisenhower asked for another assassination to take place. This time it was Patrice Lumumba the prime minister of the Congo. Mm. Gottlieb put together an entire poison kit. The poison would be botulum, botulinum, I guess is how you say it. And he invented a hypodermic needle that was tiny enough that if you were injected, you wouldn't even notice. Hmm. So the president himself is like, hey, master of evil, can you come and take care of this for us? I believe this was the president that warned us against the military industrial complex. I believe it was. Yes. And meanwhile, he's just buddy-buddy with Dr. Evil. Yep, exactly. This needle was, would, would be used in wine bottles through the cork, and the hole, the hole would be so small you wouldn't even notice. Sid personally carried this. I like calling him Sid. I don't know why. I like you guys are buddies. Yeah. Personally carried, carried this kit to the Cong- Congo, but he was probably disappointed because Lumumba was killed already, and he was a... Because he was assassinated by a group of Congolese and Belgian officers. It's like, oh man, I wanted to kill that guy with my weird wine needles. Yeah, which is a is a he was democratically elected, but I think he kind of sided with the Russians a little bit more. He just didn't do the stuff the United States wanted to do, and Britain and those countries. And the way he was killed was ridiculous. I mean, they basically pulled him out, torched him, filmed it, and killed him. So Lumumbos or whatever. Lumumba. Lumumba. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Related to all this, he would be Gottlieb would be put in charge of the tech technical services staff in the CIA, and they made different tools for spies. So he was basically Q from James Bond. Nice. Yeah. He made an escape an escape kit that fit into a suppository that would be hidden in the rectum. An escape kit. Yeah, for like soldiers and spies. An escape kit. An escape kit in a suppository that you could put in your butt. <laughs> like, let me let me get escape by like death, right? No. Or like, or like actual escape. Like you can get, you can escape from your captors. They didn't go into too many details. Like How, Yeah, they definitely didn't go into the size of the suppository. That should have been touched on. Yeah. I it, feel like. You know, we all think they're small, but. You know, I'm picturing like this little pill and I'm like, there's no way, dude. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably. He's like, he's like, all right, we're just going to put this up there. He's like, that whole thing, man, are you yeah. sure? Yeah. Are you sure I can handle it, pal? With practice. Yeah, that's what we want to picture. <laughs> he made a suicide device for Lockheed's U-2 pilots in case they got shot down over enemy territory. And they still haven't found what they're looking for. Yeah. Now, one was shot down when Gary Powers, he was shot down over the Soviet Union and captured this device was part of his silver dollar medallion necklace he wore during the flight. There is even an Alaskan connection to Gottlieb and his poisons. Finally. Yeah. We've been waiting for it. Let's get to it. He extracted toxins from thousands of Alaskan butter clams. Okay. So that's not 
as climactic as I was hoping for, but sure. This toxin could kill 5,000 people with one gram. Butter clams? Yeah. So that shows you the extent of how far he was willing to go. 5,000 people with one gram? Yes. One, like, does it get in the air or something? Like, what is the top? Because how is there enough for 5,000 people? I guess that's how strong the toxin is. Do we eat these clams? There's no way. I we, don't eat clams, so I have no clue. Eat butter clams. Probably not. But he traveled all the way to Alaska to get this toxin to extract it. So he was testing everything. He produced a toxin that could be put in the earpiece of a captured Asian's glasses. They could take the glasses off to wipe sweat and simply bite on the plastic earpiece, killing yourself before the torture started. Yeah. Nice. Gottlieb finally retired from the CIA in 1973. He's probably, do you think he's one of those people that, like, when he retired, he's, like, bored? He's like, oh, man, I wish I had more people to torture and find fresh new ways to bring them hell. I think he started to feel guilty for what he'd done. Do you think, do you, like, after that many rounds of just pure, unadulterated evil, do you think it's even possible for him to feel guilty about I, something like that? To be honest, I don't believe he thought he was evil. I believe he thought he was protecting the country. And that happened a lot back then, and people did evil. They st- yeah, that's all of, all that's the danger history. of patriotism, and we, we see that. There's modern cases of this as yeah. well, but there is. And it's not yeah. even just this country. I mean, patriotism is what put the Nazis into power in Germany. Mm-hmm. It's, you know... It's just the way it is sometimes with humans. They really do be like that sometimes. But at this time, he wanted to do something good. So he and his wife sold all their belongings and traveled the world trying to help the less fortunate. They even ran a leper hospital in India. Now, maybe he felt guilty. Maybe he just found different people to experiment on. That was my thought. That's not what it says in the book. But, you know, people that people that weren't really cared about in society. You know, Which he, is even more evil yeah. than regular evil. Yeah. And he said, you know, he retired from the CIA, but maybe he didn't. Yeah. This guy took evil and he looked at it and he said, not evil yeah. enough. No. Got to do more. Yeah. We need more children. He's, he was said to have believed that his work had never produced the de- desired outcome of mind control because it couldn't be done. Well, outside of the country... On his please let me get into heaven tour, he received news that he must go back to Washington and testify. He, along with CIA director, with the director of the CIA, Richard Helms, in 1973, had burned all the MK Ultra doc, oh, MK Ultra documents. But soon, Watergate investigators, Watergate investigate. yeah, but soon Watergate investigators found an expense report for the group that had not been destroyed. Wow. He agreed to testify behind closed doors after being given immunity. And during the testimony, he had forgotten much of what he did in the CIA. He died on March 7th, 1999, and his wife did not release the cause of death. But it's suspected. It was probably butter clam. It was suspected it was suicide. It It was was anything butter clam. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people suspected he killed himself because his health was failing. Yeah. Well, yeah, good riddance, if you ask me personally, but... You haven't heard of this guy, right? No, I don't think so. Isn't that crazy? Like, the author was talking about, because he has a lot of connections because of the type of books he writes. Yeah. Um, He was talking to a former CIA director that's a friend, kind of a friend of his. He's like, what are you doing? I'm writing a book on Sidney Gottlieb, who worked in, at the CIA for this. He's like, never heard of him. And he's like, and I believed him. Yeah. So this is a guy that came later as a CIA director and prob- and never heard of Sidney Gottlieb. Nobody in the CIA really knew who he was even at the time other than a few people. Well, yeah. Why would you like if it's something like that? Of course, you're not going to be like, you know, touting around and being like, this is our designated poison guy. Yeah. He's, you know, responsible for killing many of folks and torturing many, 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 many others. Yeah. And all those the documents for this. MK Ultra, almost all of them were destroyed. We don't know really what happened. Yeah. But according to this, we know that they had secret prisons throughout the world that they were torturing foreign soldiers or just, you know, I guess what you'd call the peasants, what they'd yeah. call the peasants. Prisoners. The expendables. Yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. God. You know what's really infuriating is that is to think that this stuff, not not that it did happen, but to think that it's probably still happening. To some extent, somewhere in the world, undisclosed locations, the government is testing this similar stuff. I'm, I'm we, almost we certain know of it. some. We know about that there were secret prisons during the war on terror, yeah. and torture was going on there. Who's terror? Terror. Oh, 
Gotcha. Yeah. War. The war on terror. Yeah. I mean, we had these secret prisons all over the world and plenty of documents that show we tortured them. Yeah. And maybe even using the same kind of things or maybe using the, the experiments that Gottlieb used. But like I said, got earlier, Gottlieb didn't believe it worked, the mind control thing. And I, I actually don't either. I don't think the way, like not even, I mean, there's oh, maybe work to some extent, no, like not, I don't believe it did not the way they did it because you think it just messed people up. I think it messed people up. Um, I don't think they understood enough at the time. Yeah. I mean, now, you know, all these years later, we're starting to understand the brain a lot better, but we're not even close, but I do believe mind control happened in that time period. It, and I don't know if it was intentional at first or if they figured it out later. But basically, television and film controlled yeah. the minds of people. And like I said, it may not have been intentional. They found out later. Like, and oh, we found it. It was very easy, actually. We were all sitting around it the entire time. There's a reason why, you know, that generation, like people are like the greatest, the World War II generation, the people that were, you know, going into the society, work society after the war, the greatest generation. Yeah. Most mind-controlled generation of the world. If you go back and look at the television programs, the film, some of the media, the newspapers and stuff, yeah, it was all, all had an agenda of producing worker bees mm. and, you know, people that are going to pay their bills, being a little bit in debt so they don't have enough power to get out from under the government. Yeah. They always have to work. And like I said, I can't tell whether it was on purpose or just like an offshoot that maybe- It had to have been on purpose. Or if, if not, then the second they realized it, they're like, oh, let's- Push as much propaganda as we can. And that's what they did. And, yeah. you know, we see it now. Everybody complains about the media like it's some new thing. No, this started way back in the 50s, if not earlier. Yeah. But it was definitely in the 50s when they wanted to control our populace. And it worked. It sure did. You know, we can ar we can argue that on a different episode sometime in the future. But mind control mm -hmm. works. Just I don't think it worked the way the, the truths are on thing. Like you just yeah. recently watched Ant-Man, right? No, I've seen it before, but I rewatched it. Yeah. And, the, and at the point... They, they have that truth serum part and at the mm. end, he's like, it does, it is truth serum. Yeah. We've never been able to find out if there's actual truth serum. It doesn't look like it, but the it stuff does. that it helps like kind of, you know, greases the wheels a little bit. And, well, know. just the fact that you believe it might be a truth serum yeah. will loosen the wheels. You don't, it doesn't even have to be real. A person just has suggestion. Yeah. yeah. But the thing, the, one of the things with especially mind control and like you mentioned uh tv and all that is it's i think it's alive and well like mind control even outside of tv you look at how powerful like we even if we just touch on like we're not going to go into political ideologies or anything like that but if you look at some of the on both sides severe oh, followers ridiculous. of these like political parties and stuff like that it gets yeah. crazy like and the you're zealots like, yeah and you're like okay so these people are mind controlled and they've been led astray by nothing more than a facebook article or uh you know this or some secret group or this and that or if, like you know you talk about like the far left and shit they have just equally crazy ideas it's Every it's nuts dude like it's nuts how easy the population is actually manipulated right and the people that benefit from it are the same people that would have benefited from it in the 50s and before yeah and i i see like maybe you know as far as like everyone that we talk to uh or people that i'm associated with i see maybe like five or ten percent of people in my life that are, are like that actually see it for what it is and are like both sides are crazy manipulated right yeah. now and we are both being torn apart and nobody even realizes it they're so like, I think locked they do, in their ways but we've been so controlled for so we don't admit we've been controlled but i'm i believe we've been controlled vigorously since the 50s yeah and it was done as you know in the guise of fighting the cold war yeah but this time and the stuff russians like paved the way for it and like, yeah and the russians did the same thing we don't want to admit our minds can be controlled by something else but even somebody that says oh yeah all the political shit is is bullshit we're still controlled to a certain extent mm -hmm. by it we know what what's going on around us we are still can you can't turn it off it's constant bombardment some of it's going to get in yeah so even if you know it you're still going to be controlled in a way the people that mm -hmm. we you know that maybe listen to us listen to other podcasts like us like ours there's a little bit of it in all of us yeah and started in our grandparents or great-grandparents day and like i said i don't know if it was on purpose i don't know if sydney godleap said you know what this mind control with chemicals doesn't work but if we watch make this guy watch i love lucy over and over again he all of a sudden thinks that the woman should stay home and the man should should yeah. work and then later on when they it's needed just suggestible yeah. that's all it is yeah they eventually needed more workers because people weren't having enough babies in the western world so the tv told women to go to work yeah which they sh women should have been able to go to work to begin with but eventually at some point it and i watched it in reruns in my childhood you could see it 
on TV starting to happen and then yeah. it happened in society. So you watch stuff on TV and you see it start to happen regularly and then it's in society. Yeah. And it's nothing like that's not like especially when we talk about like, like political agendas and stuff like that. Like we're not even trash talking to people who are on these sides like it is not to a certain extent. It's not your fault that you're being you're being led astray on purpose. Yeah. And there are people that are actively going out of their way to make sure that you believe something that is either wrong or is just off enough to where you're like separated and divided from other folks yeah. in the country. And it's, it's just, it's, I don't know, to me, it's mind boggling, man. Cause I will say it's, it's your dangerous. fault if you go out and hurt somebody. Yeah. You take it to an extreme, but even yeah. then you're still, nope, you you're cannot... still manipulated into believing certain things. man. You know like, what though? Most of us can be manipulated and, and oh, everyone fed is. this information on, on TV or media or whatever, and we don't do it. So yeah. once you attack somebody, and it doesn't even have to be physical, you're in the wrong, no matter what your beliefs are. You got to control yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, you're letting people like Sidney Gottlieb control you. People in power. Yeah. And we already have a problem with that. It's just, I don't know, dude, it's so crazy how easy people can just be led astray. Like, and even if you don't believe like the crazy conspiracies or anything like that, even hearing the stories of it, there's, it'll tug on your heart at one way or another. You're going to be like, what? That shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, is that happening? And like, you can just be, it's like, I don't care how woke you think you are. You are someone's puppet. <laughs> like someone has got you believe in something. Same yeah. for us. Like I, I personally, I like to think like, oh, I kind of have a, like a different perspective on a lot of things than some of the crazies on the right or the left or well, any I, of these people like, but uh, I'm just as manipulated as everyone else listening to this show. Like, well, it I would doesn't like to say, much. like we talk about like politicians, they're puppets. Mm -hmm. All world leaders are puppets now. It's not like it was. Now it's, they're controlled by somebody. I don't care who you say your politician is. They're either controlled or they're evil. Yeah. There's no in between. You know, it's just the way politics is throughout the world. And it expands outside of politics. People yeah. like especially in like the paranormal field and conspiracy field and stuff like that. You listen to podcasts, you listen to these stories and a lot of them you take to heart. You take as gospel. But the thing is, like you got anyone. Be yeah, anyone. And this goes for the paranormal world as well. Like anything you hear, don't just buy into it. Like well, if, if there's someone that is like talking about these things or cryptids or creatures or anything like that, and they're just spewing up a lot of the times just for, you know, attention, it's obviously, well, we need more clicks or we need more likes or we need more views yeah. and downloads. I don't think cryptids are very dangerous, but a lot of the other things are. So no, but like not, not dangerous, but like just being lied to, like someone's yeah. making up stories and being like, oh, this is a hundred percent real. I've look, I've been in this field long enough now, even just listening to podcasts to where, you know, certain people are just making stuff up. And they're either running that, on it and their audience is eating it up because that's what they do. Either that or they're being paid to, True. to I mean, disinformation, like we talked about in last week's episode mm. is a fact. And I yeah. like, if we go into the UFO community, a conservative estimate of how much of that is disinformation would be 50% in my eyes. Mm. And that's why it's such a, that's why we haven't gotten anywhere in all these years. Yeah. Cause I've it's been always looking into it since I was something. a kid. Yeah. But because so much of it is dropped in there by people that don't want you to know something. I mean, they burned all these documents so we didn't know who this guy was for years. And yeah. the only reason we know about Sidney Gottlieb is because they forgot to bin, burn a couple of expense reports. <laughs> and they found some of these documents hidden in other files. That's why they didn't get burned. Yeah. They, so what we talked about and how evil it was, we don't, still don't really know how evil it was. We the just know. it, yeah. Yeah, people die, you know. They were former, you know, some of them were East Germans at the time that they'd captured each East German spies, mm. North Korean spies and soldiers were doing stuff in the Philippines. So that could have been anybody from any country. And there were other places in Europe that we were using, plus prisons in the United States. It's well, we've seen how much trickled out from those experiments and stuff. How you mentioned, like, did it work? Well, no, but kind of, it, it, you know, like destroyed Ted Kaczynski's mind. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I remember watching, I think that do like a documentary on him in particular, talking about those experiments. Yeah, I was like, the one, well, I think the one that on Netflix that I just watched doesn't talk too much about the experiments. It just mentions them. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, he was a smart guy that went kind of crazy. Whitey Bulger was a gangster, but then he, he was a really violent and dangerous one yeah. that was actually a, protected by a lot of cops where he was in Boston. Yeah. Well, that's an entirely different. That could be, yeah. if he's protected <laughs> by cops in yeah. Boston, maybe they told, yeah. they were told to protect him. Yeah. Maybe they helped him find his khakis. Yeah. No. And then when you think about the LSD that Gottlieb was putting out into the world, who else got that LSD? 
Charles mm-hmm. Manson, maybe. Yeah. All kinds of, you know, there was the a list lot goes of, on. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of crazy things going on in those times. Yeah. Crazy story, man. So maybe to close out this, this episode, we ask our listeners, do you think that mind control worked? And, and which, what ways do you think, or what, what ways are successful? Yeah. You know, is the Manchurian candidate an actual real interesting story yeah. mm. because it comes from this same group? Yeah. The I theory mean, behind it, at yeah, least. I could see. But also the theory behind it, which supposedly never worked, then Hollywood made a movie about it, convincing Denzel everyone. Washington. Well, even before then, it was Frank Sinatra in the original one. And even before that, it was Sidney. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But did, was that some propaganda release to maybe make people believe a certain thing that it could work when it really didn't did it make the russians believe that the united states had the key yeah is it any wonder that there's a lot of paranoia on this planet like especially this country or i guess every country country. yeah so is there any wonder that people don't trust the governments right and other people wonder what's going on like it's of course because there's always like a a opposite side of the coin it's like oh this is happening for real that's like or is it yeah Oh, damn it. I don't know. You t- Can you just tell me? Is it yeah. happening? Is it not happening? In other countries, not only are they, par- they paranoid about their government, they know they're paranoid about the U.S. government because the U.S. government has its hands in all the bad things in their views. Yeah. I mean, we look at ourselves as U.S. <laughs> citizens as these this great No, I don't. Not most of us don't I mean, anymore. I enjoy yeah. being... Sure. Being, I was lucky. Many luxuries I, out yeah. here. I'll give you that. But I'm not going to say we're not we don't do bad things it's proven yeah i might even say we do more bad things than good things but it's hard to tell i think the citizens do a lot of good things yeah. not so sure about it's the, the people in power the power is the problem the power is the problem that is slam poetry by christian it's coming out next week on your favorite slam poetry apps what but, is slam poetry I don't even know. wow Christian, back in my just, day, we just had regular poetry. So you don't know what slam poetry is? No. Man, you got to get with the times, dude. You got to get hip. We're, that's why we're not reaching the youths, all right? The youths like poetry? No, but they like slam poetry. No, but youths have never liked poetry. Until it became slam poetry. And I'm not going to get into a 20-minute slam poetry argument with you, Christian. It's just not happening on the Sydney Gottlieb episode. Fair enough. We'll save that for the slam poetry episode which will probably be season 45. But you know what? If, if we're, we've run out of topics. If, we're, if like, we're gonna get into slam poetry, I need one of Gottlieb's uh, suppositories so I can escape. Wow. And that's the visual that all of our listeners needed to end this episode. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in, everyone. We will catch you right back here next week on the Freaky Deaky where we may be joined by a guest. Hopefully. Hopefully. We're working on it for you. Yeah, we're working on a couple different guests. We got a local and then we got a not so local. Could be loco yeah. and not so loco. <laughs> yeah. Hey, stay tuned. For you be all the that. judge. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for more bad puns. Yeah. All that and more on this episode of. Uh, <laughs> good night, everyone. No, just the Freaky Deaky. We will see you next week. Enjoy your time. Again, check out the merch store at freakydeaky.com. Buy some merch. It's the holidays. Spread that weirdness to your loved ones. Force it on them. Like LSD from Sydney Gottlieb. You think we can control minds? Let's try. I think we just did. Dance, puppets. No, it's fine. Good night. We love you. See you later. <laughs>